We here at Yash Jesus believe that God doesn't make mistakes. Not with people and not with produce. Which is why we're so excited to be partnering with Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is an online grocer that recovers ugly produce and surplus foods that would otherwise go to waste. And delivers fresh, customizable boxes to your door for up to 30% less than the grocery stores. We're talking farmers, market, quality girls. Without the hassle of going out of your house, honey. Without the hassle. And now, Imperfect has has expanded to include pantry staples like lentils, rice, olive oil, and bread, you name it, to help round out your shopping. <laughs> Girls, I just got my weekly shipment of imperfect produce, and let me tell you. Ooh, spill it, girl, spill it. I got this ugly little watermelon that puts the pretty little peach in Call Me By Your Name to shame. <laughs> That's the tea! Trust me, you're going to want to get in on this. To get your first shipment of perfectly imperfect farm fresh produce, go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code YASJESUS. That's Y-A-S-S-J-E-S-U-S. Welcome to Yas Jesus. We aren't spiritual leaders. We aren't theologians. Or prophets. Or even really that sure of what we're doing. We're just two lost sinners who love the Lord and want to open up His grace to other people who are on this journey alongside us. This isn't a tutorial on how to be Christian, but rather an exploration on what that actually means. In a safe space. Thank you, and God bless. Hello, kings and queens and in-betweens, sinners, saints, and I don't know what I is or I ain't. Welcome to another episode of Yas Jesus. I am Daniel Francesi here with... And I'm Azariah Southworth. And more than ever, we believe that God is... Good. God is good. All the time. I know. And all the time, God is good. (laughs) I'm going to jump right into the praise report, okay? Because I am so excited about all the feedback that we have been getting from you, our audience. We have people from all over the world listening to us now. Mm -hmm. We can't believe that this small little mission that was just something that we wanted to start has now been growing and growing and growing exponentially every week. We have heard from people in the Appalachian Mountains. We've heard from people abroad in the UK. We've heard from people all over who are starving for a little bit of affirming knowledge. Yeah, and those Appalachian Mountains are no joke. I told <laughs> no. you the story the other day. I went to this Baptocostal church, which is, if you don't know, Baptocostal is like Baptist and Pentecostal had a baby. And okay. Was it at Dollywood? You had to take this single road through the mountains and over the hills. Oh, those are the scariest roads. it was like, there was like maybe 10, 15 people in the church. Turns out the pastor was like hooked on cocaine and it was just... Whoa, okay. It was a wild, <laughs> wild experience. <laughs> Go Appalachia. Looks like you got something it's going It's no on. joke over there. No, it's no joke over there, but we're glad that our message is, is reaching there yeah. and everywhere else. Yeah. Um, this is so important to us, so that's so much fun. Yeah. And you have a prayer request yeah i've been struggling with this thing homosexuality that i mean i'm not struggling with that but um i think you excel (laughs) thank you (laughs) i've been trying working very hard on that um no just in this time in my life where i'm making amends or trying to make amends Mm. in certain places and navigating my way through that and trying to decide how to do it tactfully and well for myself and others. And that's been tricky. So that's my prayer request. Well, I'll um, tell you, as an elder, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we do a lot of things in our past, especially as queer people, where we are not fully developed in a queer space and we're not fully capable to navigate a heteronormative space. Right. So I feel like we make a lot of mistakes that are due to passion or due to just not knowing what 
our path is. And we talked about in the episode, we talked about a conversion therapy, how when I came out, I told my mom it was her fault and she was the most affirming person in my life. It's like one of my biggest regrets that I harbor. So just know that Jesus sets you free from that. And we, we let you free from that. And just, you know, you're going to move forward and wherever you do have regrets in your life on your journey to finding out exactly who you are and where your footing stands, both with God and your sexuality, just don't be so hard on yourself. Okay. It gets better. Intense. All right. And speaking of better, I don't even know, but maybe I should say butter because she's cooking up a cooking <laughs> show all the time. Yeah. We have a guest that I've been excited to have on when we first came up with the concept for this show. Please welcome the amazing, incredible star of RuPaul's Drag Race and now even her own cooking show. Please give it up for Miss Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Silky! We're so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be on. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm honored that you thought of me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I have to tell you, on your season of RuPaul's Drag Race, you were definitely a bright light on that show. Like every week, it was like, "What's Silky gonna say now? What's she gonna do now? Who's you know? What celebrity is she gonna carry on her back now?" (laughs) You definitely, (laughs) you definitely were the life of that season, like keeping the energy going and the flow. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it took you all the way to the end, you know, um, both your talent and your personality. And throughout the show, I saw this little light of mine shine a bunch. Um, You referenced God. You talked about your um your faith and it's something that you know when you're another person uh of faith in the in the lgbtq plus uh community um and that little light shines it's bright so um you take you take god everywhere you go huh absolutely i i i grew up in the church and i grew up you know knowing and reaffirming constantly that i am one that was made in his image and his likeness and, you know, RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how can you love anyone else? And that's like a really true statement. And I learned throughout the years at a very young age to truly, truly love myself for all my flaws and to know that each day will be better than the last. And I think that's why so many people connected with me on this show. Yeah, I noticed your light shining bright and was instantly drawn towards you. And what denomination did you grow up in? So my church would be um, considered holiness. Ooh, are you you Pentecostal? It's, yes. Oh, okay. We're oh, sisters. Like We're yeah, sisters. Us too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what are some of the the main characteristics of Holiness Pentecostal? Um, the Holiness Pentecostal Church believes that you have to physically, emotionally, and spiritually praise God. So that means whether that is through clapping, testifying, singing, holy dancing. You know, they did it all. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was dope. I remember bringing one of my white friends to my church, and he was just like, this lady spoke the whole time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, hallelujah, praise God. He's like, I'm not more than used to that. But he was just like, that is so interesting to me. But I think what he loves mostly, too, after service, everyone wanted to know who he was. And- mm-hmm. Give him some donuts and some, co- and some coffee <laughs> and get some fellowship. Right. <laughs> and the church that I went to, often did fellowship after church. So I always laugh about it because my church cooked the same meal my whole life. And even when I go back, it's the same meal. So it's always fried chicken, green beans, potato salad, rolls. <laughs> and the winter time, they add cornbread dressing and cake and punch. Um, I wanted to ask you, what's your first memory in the church that you could think of? Like, how far back does your, your memory in the church go? Oh, my goodness. The memory was like being born. And then going directly to church. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
think I can recall like a specific memory. One of the things I don't know if a lot of people know, when I was a child, everybody, you had to do something. You had to play something. So that means when you was a kid, being raised in the black church, you didn't get an option of what you was going to be after in church or not. And if you couldn't sing, you still going to stand up there, you're going to clap. And just don't sing too loud, you know? <laughs> so I learned to play piano at a very young age. <laughs> I was a minister of music for five years oh, wow. um, for a Baptist church okay. in Indiana. Were, were you out at the time? I guess, how can I say this? Not the first half of it. Mm-hmm. And my coming out story is a little weird because in my eyes, what's understood needs no explanation. Mm-hmm. I was doing me and I didn't realize that it was not until my my latter years that everyone in the church knew. And I was condemned and I ended up leaving the church. But mm-hmm. it was just so weird mm-hmm. because once I had started doing drag, the choir would come see me on Saturday night. <laughs> and then we do church service on Sunday. And that happened quite a few times, you know. I guess everybody but the pastor and his wife knew. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the community was embracing. Yeah, but that goes to show you how poor a pastor can be in leadership when you don't know your flock. I have literally played piano for your church for five years. The only thing that you've known about me that I went to Wabash College, mm-hmm. this is very poor in leadership. Was there a discussion with you? Did he like pull you aside and like talk to you or how did that go down? Well, he was coward enough to where he didn't even do it. It was very cowardly. I'm never going to forget this. May 2013, we do the service. And apparently at Bible study, once he found that, you know, I was gay. I guess it was brought up in Bible study. (laughs) Of course it was. Also known as Gossip Hour. um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, it was brought to his attention. So the Bible study lesson was about homosexuality. Now, mind you, he's preached about homosexuality. And I just at that point just didn't pay it any mind. If you want to talk about homosexuals and I'm the only homosexual and at this point you need me. Mm-hmm. I don't need you. Right. You know, because <laughs> right. I am part wherever I go. Amen. But I'm the minister of music. So I just let it go. Never paid it any mind. And you know, the saints were always come to me after service to make sure that I was okay. But this particular pastor at the Bible study was saying if people or living a life that you don't agree with, you should confront them about it. And this church had like a ritual of everybody hold hands and do it like a prayer leaving. And, you know, at that point, you can say like any prayer request or anything. And this particular man was like, there's some people being fake and phony in church, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. And at this point, I had already heard about the Bible study. So I'm like, okay, this is directed towards me. You know, I ain't say anything. I was just like, I'm about to be on my way out to graduation. <laughs> so I'm about to go to graduation ceremony. So I'm packing up my keyboard and everything. And he walked towards me and he stated some scripture, like in a very aggressive tone. And so I'm like, look, whatever's up your sleeve today, <laughs> I ain't got time for it. <laughs> and I said, like, that, keep packing my stuff up and I'm walking out. And of course, he's following me out the church. <laughs> and then he started on, you going to burn in hell, you in here faking this, that, and the other, and how dare you do this, how dare you... And I was like, God bless you, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I went to graduation, didn't pay any mind. I think I did a Facebook Live about it, driving to graduation, and I don't even usually drive and, like, talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had to leave my spirit because I couldn't mm-hmm. carry it on mm-hmm. to graduation, yeah. and I'm there to support my colleagues, you know? So let that go by. I think the next week I go into church, and... 
they do the altar call after the sermon. And, you know, my job is always to play the music and sing a song. I skip playing the music, skip singing the song. I went to the front of the church. Okay, Brother Reggie, what did the Lord put on your heart? I said, someone in this church condemned me last Sunday and said that I was going to hell, which is basically a sin because you didn't judge me, so you're going to be going to hell next to me. So I'm going to be in hell together. <laughs> we can carpool. Uh, he was, like, kind of shocked that I'm saying this in church. And so I just kept going. I was just like, you basically sent this individual to say something to me. How is this even of God? And when he regassed his composure and he just said, if there is smoke that has to be fired, why are you offended? And then at that point, there was a sign in church that said, this church is under construction. And so I was just like, the sign said, please be patient with me. Church is under construction. Should that mean all members under construction or just the one that has a visible sin? Oh, wow. And I said, okay, Pastor, what happened to me wasn't right. And until y'all do right by me, everything in this church is going to fail. And I packed my things up, and I left, and I didn't return. Not even six months later, they lost the church. Wow. Wait, six months later, the church went down? Prophetess Silky Nutmeg Ganache. The city decided it was going to expand the fire department and basically told the church, you have three months to move. You said earlier that the church community was pretty supportive of you. Is that correct? They were very. And it's interesting because so often the leaders of religious institutions and churches are the ones that are holding their congregation back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we look at the fact that in the Southern Baptist Convention, they still won't allow women preachers. You know, it's it's part no. of their church policy as a denomination. But all of us have evolved. We're ready for it. You know, and you wonder why you've lost a million members in the past, what, five, ten years? We have evolved beyond you, and we are creating our own communities. I love that you had a supportive community, though. My, the most impressive part of the story is how you stood up in the, in the name of God for yourself and used the under construction. Because I think about it in relation, in a weird way, to filmmaking. How like, where, like if somebody sneezes in a movie, they're going to die by the end of the movie. Nothing in a script is by accident, do you know? And nothing in this world is by accident. The church being under construction and you having that moment to use that sign, like those are God giving you the tools and you like literally using the tools to protect yourself in that environment. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and... I recently went back. I was booked at Wabash College. I did a one-woman show there, and it was so rewarding. First of all, Wabash College is an all-men college. Okay, I'm listening. There, and <laughs> Do go on. <laughs> they have two theaters, and they booked me for the large theater. And I'm just like, how am I going to pack this house out? <laughs> right, yeah. And lo and behold, in the audience, I didn't realize that I'm making a joke about, you know, Y'all come from up top. Y'all come on down to the bottom, fill the seats up. And I was like, turn on the lights. And the whole theater was packed. Wow. And I was like, That's oh, great. y'all showed up and showed out for me. <laughs> oh, and then I was on the left of the stage at the bottom, and it's everybody from church. Oh, you know? come on, really? And That's beautiful. I, I think at that time, the church, they still have a service, like at a dance studio or something. It's not as many members. Sure. I went back and, you know, I was asked to participate in the service, and I I did. But anybody out there, first of all, that has gone through a similar experience, I just want you to know that there is Christ for you. Mm -hmm. Like, 
people have to realize Christ died for our sins. Yeah. Christ didn't die for just a certain people. Yeah. And before, even before Christ died, you have to realize that people live through Christ within hope. You have to think of like the lady with the, the issue of blood. She said, if I can just touch the hem of, of Jesus' garment, I will be healed. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to think about, like, as people, gay people, black people, because, you know, let's be honest, some people have said that, you know, blacks aren't worthy of God love. Gays mm-hmm. aren't worthy of God love. Mm-hmm. Women are not worthy of God love. I want you to think back before Christ died, where people had their hope and their faith before Christ had even died for our sins. I think that's one thing that often replays in my mind when I think of myself in the church, because I'm going to always have Christ with me. I'm always going to keep my face next to me. Nothing's ever going to shake me away from that because I have my own personal relationship with God. So I encourage each and youth to do the same. Last year, I filmed a show called Shante You Pray. <laughs> Shante um, You Pray. World and Wonder. <laughs> and it's going to be released sometime this year. I don't know when, but it's basically me giving my own sermons and drag. Love I it. love it. Yes, we need that. <sighs> so I think I filmed four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. It'll come out sometime this year. And that's something you can watch. And, you know, I just basically tell my story and my truth. Now, when you first started doing drag, how did that come about with you i'm just curious to you like was that something you were having inner turmoil with because you seem really strong and confident in that moment with the construction sign and standing there and telling everybody and where i was vulnerable and broken so i'm wondering how you dealt with that on your own so a couple of things when my decision to come out like officially live my truth i said i'm gonna live my life and so i went to wabash college my brother went to wabash college when i called him and I, I came out, essentially. But I think he knew, because of some incident, he knew since, like, 10th grade. He was the only person that knew. The thing about coming out to me was the church. I was like, is this really wrong? And being a young adult, where I had no mentors about being gay, it's Mississippi. I grew up in Mississippi. I didn't have any of that. I, I didn't have no mentor. And I had sexual education in high school, and it's a nine-week course. And it was basically sexual transmitted diseases and that was the whole base of the course so like i ain't know nothing of nothing were you sexually active at a young age or no at the age of 17 i had a boyfriend and a girlfriend at the same time long story (laughs) boyfriend and girlfriend at the same time girlfriend i had the boyfriend he never knew about each other that was back in the days right right living the dl life that's what i did and I was at 17 that I became sexually active. I prayed and I said, Lord, I have been very active in church. Another fun fact, I used to have a candy store for the youth department that was called the Snack Shack. (laughs) That's the name of your new cooking show too, right? Right. So I just named it Soupy Snack Shack. I love it. Um, I don't think anybody knows where that name comes from, but that's where the name came from. That's reclaim- really we, we always say reclaiming your pride. You're just reclaiming your pride. Yeah. Right. I had Soupy Snack Shack. Even during college, I've been like the director of the youth department. I have played instruments, later became a minister of music. I have helped people any way I can possible to be more Christ-like. And I had decided if me being gay automatically takes me away from going to heaven, I didn't belong there. And that was 
That's that's a that's a lot because you were willing to put your meaning making system that you spent your entire life building on the line just to know the truth of who you are. Mm-hmm. It was that simple for me. That's what I said. That's what I did, and I didn't look back. Now I never wanted to do drag, never, and I was kind of forced to do it the first time I did it. How so? Like someone, like a dare? You mean or my senior year? A college close by was having a drag show to raise money, and they asked someone from our college to be a representative. Basically, everybody in the Gay Straight Alliance was gone for spring break, and I was still on campus. And I'll never forget, it was a Thursday night. Somehow, I ended up being the representative. Sometimes when the Lord gives you a calling, <laughs> it's that obvious. And they went down with me. They gave me weed. Two girls in the church that did, that went to the church. They put me in drag. Did my makeup, gave me hair and an outfit, and I turned the party. Oh, I yes, bet you did. did. We've, yeah. Were you silky then, or did you? How did you present yourself that night? I want to say silky ganache, or it may have been lasagna frozen. <laughs> oh, now you know I like that, Mama. Lasagna frozen. I have a video somewhere <laughs> on my old laptop that I keep saying every day. I'm gonna pull it up and post the video of it. So how we end up coming up with those names were um, not even through my drag family because I joined the drag family maybe a year, maybe two after I started drag. Okay. Then in all men's college, we had like a gay mentor, which we now call Grandma Jerry. Uh, (laughs) Jerry was a graduate of Wabash College. He graduated like in 2000 and he worked for the college and he was like our mentor. And RuPaul's Drag Race started like in 2008. And so we would watch RuPaul's Drag Race then. I wasn't doing drag then. And Grandma Jerry, like, one day was just like, we are going to come up with a drag name. (laughs) And Jerry was from Laurel, Mississippi. And the entire time, we kind of dug at each other and still to this day, who's the country is coming from Mississippi. (laughs) Let me tell them, just tell my truth. Yes, I was 18 in college drinking. We had a drink and... Grandma Jerry had said, your name is going to be Lasagna Frozen because you're country. (laughs) That was the ongoing joke for three years. Lasagna Frozen was my drag name. And it's so funny because, like, when I talk to, like, my classmates, my colleagues from Wabash, they always talk about lasagna. They, like, they're so happy now that I'm on Drag Race. But they were just like, who is this silky girl? Like, we remember lasagna. We remember you know, you drinking and going to the parties and dancing. Like, we miss lasagna. Be like, she ain't salty anymore. Now she's sweet. Right. So anytime if I have um, one too many cocktails, they say lasagna come out. Because I'm going to dance all night on the dance floor. Oh my floor. God. The next time I see you, I'm going to have to buy you a few drinks because I'm ready for lasagna. Danny, do you have a drag name? I don't, but I always said if I did, it would maybe be like Gloria Ravioli. That's what's so funny to me. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's Gloria good. Ravioli over here. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, you seem to have God with you the whole time, right? Like you kept a relationship close with God. Like it, even in the moment coming out of that church, like do you go pray? Um, I pray because you, you have to realize like, you know, I was accused of like faking the font, but church people be faking the font, child. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like church people <laughs> fake the font. Because for so long, church has been about the image. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I said that all the time. You see how people are uh, Monday through Saturday, and then they wear their best church clothes, and then go in, and they're all angels on Sunday. You know, and and until they get right. home, until they get home, and they take the suit off, and then they're cursing and everything. And that's why here we say fuck, we say whatever, because we're like, look, we're not preachers, we're sinners. And we're trying to be as real as possible on this show to say, hey, we're queer, we're sinners, like everybody else. Now shut the fuck up. Right. We're not, out we're not trying to front. What's we're not going trying to on. fake. Yeah. It is so weird because some of those people taught me a lot about life and they taught me a lot about living Christ-like. Mm. Like mm. some of the head deacons hardly ever agree with the pastor and what he does and what he preach about. And... Me being from Mississippi, where my grandmother was very religious, and in the churches, you're going to be saved and sanctified. You can't drink. You can't wear, cause, and you shouldn't. And I had to um, ask God to forgive me for that, because on RuPaul's Drag Race, I swear <laughs> a lot, and most of it was out of nerves. <laughs> yeah, but sure. um, these people, the people taught me, like, you know, God see all and God knows all. Mm-hmm. So, do I need to like suppress my feelings over a beer? You thinking about it? That's sinning too, you know. Sometimes it's sexier and more fun when it's a secret, no matter what it is. Like a vice is always fun when you're quiet about it. That's what makes it like, oh, I'm doing <laughs> drinking this beer behind the shed when nobody cares that you're having a beer. Mm-hmm. Well, your church community might I- care. <laughs> oh yeah, they might care. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like all the time people make things out like they're a sin. Like, okay, cursing could be a really cathartic way to let out some anger or emotion or something if you use it correctly. Like, I don't necessarily feel like that is a sin to me. I know that some people culturally do think that it's a sin in other ways. Right. Well, going going back to drinking, I grew up in a dry household. I remember finding cooking rum in my parents' kitchen cabinets and thinking, oh my God, they're backsliding because I just saw the word <sighs> rum, right? Like, I thought... Like, drinking was right. Drinking was, that was as almost as bad as being gay and so you had like a 1984 kind of christianity thing going on with oh, your in your own little head yes, didn't you call it you called out that guy from edited for our lawyers oh wait my God. tell the story it's okay silky. okay okay so silky do you know do you do you know i don't think so maybe so they they did that song back in the nineties. No, 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 you can't okay, sing it. Yeah, I can't sing it. License, licensing. Stop, and um, you also can't sing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, I can't <laughs> sing. Right. Okay, two strikes. <laughs> no, but we, so, actually, so, yeah. Like when I was in high school, I had all their I had all their cassettes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they had a big song called that crossovered into mainstream, and but they're they're very sort of like. Um, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubish a little. Yeah, so so was a big Christian band. I grew up listening to them. When I started working in Christian television, I went on a tour with uh, one of the guys, and he was on our tour bus after uh, one of the shows one night, and he was drinking and he cussed. And I was 18 years old, just left my parents' home out of Orland, Indiana, in my little Pentecostal bubble, and I just thought it was the end of the world. And so I wrote him this three-page letter. He wrote him a letter because he cussed. <laughs> and he drinks. And <laughs> don't forget that part. And I told him, you know, it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. <laughs> and I just like... At 18. Oh, my God. I was I was that girl. But... The Christian police girl. <laughs> so so when you're telling this... <laughs> when you're telling the story and there's that mystery and fear of it being a sin made me think of that story. Um, Silky, 
I remember being at the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race when you were up there performing. And the energy, it felt like church. Energy like that that Pentecostal people have. I feel like it's, it's very similar. Yeah. And I was like, how fabulous with like a truly fully gay church where all these people who were pushed out or, you know, who'd never had the experience, like how amazing that would feel. You should definitely do uh, a Sunday service at DragCon or something. And we would love to come and do something, you know, because I think it could be really fun to have like a revival. Surprisingly, <laughs> on Easter's, Sunday, I did a Suki service, um, Suki Sunday service with stageit.com. Well, I did that one and they enjoyed it and the people asked for it for much more. I didn't realize how many people, because I wanted to be more inspirational because I had told them, if you are not a believer, I want you to still come and feel, well, whoever is your God. I want you to feel like you can be a part mm-hmm. and that you still get something out of it. But I did let it be known that I'm Christian based. So, you know, the songs that I'm seeing will be Christian based. And I and I try to make it fun too. So, Silky, we, we love having you on the show. We're going to play a game with you and then we'll close with a prayer. Are you ready for a game? Sure. Okay. So, uh, this game, we like, it's a new game that we like to call Wheel of. Okay, so um, <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing, um, <laughs> but it sounds like fun, right? <laughs> um, we are going to uh, let a uh, a different idea, person, or thing appear, and you will decide if it deserves mercy, or you could like let it go, and we'll discuss them real quick. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to pull this lever. Okay. And here it goes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, oh, Chick-fil-A. Mercy or no mercy? Mercy. You mercy for Chick-fil-A? You still eat a Chick-fil-A? Wow. okay. I, this is how I feel. You, I must probably say mercy for all of them. Okay. Um, Because... Who am I to say that somebody deserves no mercy? Forgiveness. Uh, but you eat a Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> the thing is with me, I didn't like Chick-fil-A before this whole thing came out. So hey, me either. It just went on just <laughs> a whole other day for me. All right. I feel the same way. So we'll we'll just say... Mm. But I say mercy because... But you don't eat it. So... All right, I'm going to give it the trap door anyway. Sorry, I'm, it's my show. <laughs> trap door and Chick-fil-A, sorry. You, Silky said mercy, though. We'll leave it at that. Um, er, okay, ready? We're going to do another one. Here, I'm going to pull a lever. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God, the lights. It's so pretty. And those sparkles. <laughs> I could say whatever I want, and then they make the sounds later. It's great. Um, oh, here it is. It stopped. Oh, it stopped on Urban Outfitters. So they're not supportive of gay people, but they they sell a lot of cool gay stuff. Like, do you think that they should be boycotted or get a little mercy because they have really awesome tights? I first of all, I didn't even know that myself, <laughs> and they don't have anything in my size. So. Me either. <laughs> Me either. I, oh how, how much? How many housewares? Can, how many Garfield calendars do I need? How many like snow globe picture frames? All I could shop there is house uh, housewares. It's like okay, if I buy one suitcase turntable, I'm done. I'm like off the market for you. I'm like horrible at this game because like it's a horrible game for me. <laughs> it's it's a terrible. No, game. It's <laughs> a really <laughs> ill prepared game. We're just having it's, fun. It's, well, for me, I can have a discussion about these places and tell how I really feel. But 
I'm gonna say everybody need mercy. Everybody need mercy, child. Okay, so <laughs> you know everybody. All right, mercy. Urban Outfitter, you get mercy. Okay. <laughs> Nobody gets mercy. None of these things get mercy. No, actually, mercy is something that you give someone who doesn't deserve it. You know what? I'm gonna say. What do you think we're doing? We're granting them mercy. This is. It should have been real <laughs> maybe boycott. This, this show should be. We we gonna help this game out. Okay, we're gonna say mercy. We're gonna say whether it should be mercy or Lord have mercy. Because you know how your brother. Ah, yeah. there, there we go. Okay, mercy or Lord have mercy. There it is. There it is. There okay, it is. I'm going back to Chief Belay, and I'm gonna say Lord have mercy. Chief Belay, you know they're not supportive of our community, and you know they have funded for. Um, gay conversion, mm-hmm. which I, I just simply don't agree with. Right. But one thing, and I guess, because, you know, I like to see the silver lining and everything. The one thing that I, I, I do like about Chick-fil-A is that they're teaching young people to be um, courteous. Yeah, polite. So I'm not going to lie. I, I have a cousin that um, have worked for Chick-fil-A and worked for corporate Chick-fil-A. And I remember going going to Houston. She's like, we're going to Chick-fil-A because, you know, she gets to eat there. And I was like, no, I don't want anything. But she's like, well, I'm going because this is what I want to eat. And I said, okay. And I basically queened out that entire drive-thru. <laughs> and I did it with a smile and everything. And they had to smile back at me without a frown. So It's my pleasure. For me, like things are a little different because if, you, if you're going to dislike me, and you saw this on RuPaul's Drag Race, you dislike me? Please <laughs> make sure that I plan it and make sure that you really don't like me. Because at the end of the day, the Lord gonna see me through. I'm yeah. always be there. Yeah. You just gonna Man. be out there in your heart, and you gonna have to see that within yourself. You just kind of dropped the bomb on the game. So you said mercy or Lord have mercy. It's like Lord have mercy for everything. We had Hobby Lobby on the list. I know you need that E six thousand for the to stone your tights. But Hobby Lobby, <laughs> but you know what? We'll, we'll give Lord have mercy to everyone because everyone deserves mercy. Yeah, that's true. Lord I'll take a I little. Yeah. <laughs> Girl. Now, Hobby Lobby can burn. <laughs> <laughs> and they can burn for a couple of reasons. Let me tell you, because they don't like the gays or the blacks. Oh, okay. And Bloomington. This is what we wanted. Burn, baby. Bloomington, Indiana, they had rearranged the, the letters to say What? Wow. And on one of their displays, and I was just like, I, I can't even take this. Wow. I was like, oh, my goodness. When, when so was you know, this? Like everything. Yeah, that was in Bloomington, Indiana. And that's a I, liberal I town. Like, very. College town. Come yeah. on. I was the last kid to be IU, I, um, by the way. But, um, but I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't be shocked that even that happens in liberal towns. I mean, that's kind of dumb on my part. But you, you can't be shocked at this point. I ain't shocked by right, that. Right, right. The right. only thing I can go in there is like, clean out. Yeah. Because, honey, when I started, I cleaned up, and by the end of it, they're trying to give me a million and one coupons, but I don't really <laughs> want coupons. That's great. Because I'm not going to use them, at least at your store, but thank you. And I went across the street and used them at the Joanne Fabric. Right, you're like, you do you guys have a coupon, ma- coupon match? Do you coupon match? You're at Michael's. You, you to use like, Hobby Lobby <laughs> coupons at Joanne <laughs> or Michael's. You know Michael's get. <laughs> I imagine, I don't know. Um, oh my God, Silky, this was so fun, and thank you for um, giving you know for giving it to them where they deserve it, but still showing them mercy. Um, you're an incredible person. Yeah, thank you. It was one thing. Can I say it now that I wanted to say earlier? Yes. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're not. Yeah. I never wanted to do drag, 
But I felt like God put me in a place to do drag to help people. And one time, someone was strung out on drugs, and I let them come live with me to get off drugs. Now, you know you got to have God with you, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> but you have to have That's God with you yeah. to get through that. I had a friend that tried to commit suicide, and I just so happened to be there. That ain't nobody but God. Yeah. And these are people that I met that does drag. Um, there was a contestant on Drag Race. Like, they used me for good entertainment on this season because I was funny and that's my life. And I'm grateful for it because I have a career. But they never show you the soft side of Silky. Like, there was a contestant that had a complete emotional breakdown mm. and, like, passed out, basically. And the producers couldn't do anything. And I went over there and... She was on the ground, like, just sobbing. And I put placed my hand on her back and just started praying out loud. And, like, other girls came in and joined in with it. And you don't get the chance to see that. Like, yeah, I oh. think the things that I, I was doing drag for, I I never, I really never wanted to do drag. But I'm actually semi-good at it. And I think that my drag has a message that others recognize, you know, so... Um, absolutely. I mean, when you, when you said, um, that do include you, like I wanted to jump right up in that song cause I felt included. You do have a great message. We usually close our show with a prayer with the Reverend Dr. Silky Nutmeganash like to lead us in prayer. Absolutely. All right. Heavenly Father, we come to you just to say thank you. Thank you for simply waking us this, up this morning and letting us see a bright day. Although everything isn't going as we would like in this world. Thank you for giving us time. Thank you for giving us the will, and thank you for giving us the patience just to see that during this quarantine that we can work on ourselves to become greater, that we can work on ourselves to be better. And I pray that anyone that's listening to this, feeling down on this quarantine, that you realize that this is your time to shine. There was a lot of people that didn't like their jobs before the quarantine, that has been laid off from them. Lord, I pray that you are giving them the strength to look for something differently or to come up with a game plan to create something better for their lives. Lord, during this quarantine, I ask that you are giving financial stability to those who do not have it. I ask that you are paying the rent on time, Lord. I ask you that no one lights ever be turned off, no one water ever be turned off. I ask that you give grace and mercy those companies that understand that people just may not have in this time. Lord, as we continue to go through this quarantine time and this time of uncertainty, I just want you to know and the people to know that you are still in the midst. We look our eyes to the hills that comes our health. If all our health comes from you, Lord, I just want you to show these people that you are still in the blessing business. As my grandmother will always say, Lord, bless us to be the head, not the tail, the alpha, not the omega, the beginning, not the end. Let us be the lender, not the borrower, and let's be the peacemakers, not the ones in controversy. Lord, watch over us. Grant us the serenity for the things that we do not understand. And for those who do not understand, please understand that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, and there will be joy one day. If you don't have it today, Lord, please send the joy out to those who do not have, and let them understand that joy will reconvene. In the name of the Father, the Son, and in the Holy Spirit, we all say, Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm sending you a big uh, uh, over-the-telephone hug right now, Silky. And I'm sending you a big French kiss. 
<laughs> oh, thank you. I need that. Lonely. <laughs> I had told the Lord to send me somebody. <laughs> oh my God. Azariah, after every prayer, hits on our guests. That's becoming a theme. <laughs> it's my MO. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's been so great having you on the show, Silky. We love you. Yeah. And we'd love to have you back at some point. Please. I loved and thank you. I was so excited to do something like this because I always wanted to talk about you know, religion, spirituality, and being gay. And I think this is was my first opportunity. So oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's great. Well, good. That's really one of the reasons why we want to do this. It's a mission to let people have an opportunity to tell those stories and listen to those stories and ask questions and, and get some answers. Absolutely. I literally just quoted The Little Mermaid. <laughs> 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 I didn't even notice. <laughs> Stop. Right, anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Silky, we love you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. All right, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, that's Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Wow, that a felt holiness so Pentecostal. Good. I'm telling you, Silky, like when on RuPaul's Drag Race, when Ru would say, uh, the Reverend Dr. Silky Nutmeg Ganache, mm-hmm. like I just was like, pray for me. Like I, want, <laughs> I wanted to be in that moment. I wanted to hear. Uh, a silky that make a notch prayer and yeah. that felt like exactly what it. i wanted yeah it was full of love and abund- and just abundant love yeah and- that last part there where she started saying i believe it was her grandma how she used to pray that's like how my dad used to pray too uh-huh. and so it kind of just took me to that place um that's amazing let us know how you pray okay you can just reach us at pray at gosh jesus pod if you have a prayer that you wrote for the lgbtq plus ia community and you would like us to uh read it on the air then send it to us at pray at yashjesuspod.com and if you have a prayer request a praise report or think that you'd be great on the show or know someone who would send us a note there as well or you can reach us at yashjesuspod on instagram uh, this has been Yash Jesus. I'm Dana Francesi. I'm Azariah Southworth. You can find me at Religious Trade. And don't you dare forget to like and subscribe. And you can get me at What's Up Danny anywhere social media is. Take care, everybody. Until next time, this has been Yash, Yash Jesus. Jesus.